0: Chapter 18 of Tom Swift and His Wireless Message. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Tom Swift and His Wireless Message by Victor Appleton. Chapter 18 Mr. Jenks has diamonds stunned and well-nigh paralyzed by the suddenness of the awful crash and the recurrence of the earthquake the castaways gazed spellbound at one another succeeding the disappearance of the end of the island there arose a great wave in the ocean caused by the immersion of such a quantity of rock and dirt look out yelled tom there may be a flood here they realized his meaning and hastened up the beach out of the reach of the water if it should come and it did at first the ocean retreated as though the tide was going out then with a rush and roar the waves came leaping back and had the castaways remained where they had been standing they would have been swept out to sea as it was the flood reached part of the wreck of the airship that lay on the beach and washed away some of the broken planks but after the first rush of water the sea grew less troubled and there was no more danger from that source true the whole island was rumbling and trembling in the throes of an earthquake but by this time the refugees had become somewhat used to this and only the two ladies exhibited any outward signs of great alarm though mr Barco jenks tom observed was nervously fingering the belt which he wore about his waist i guess the worst is over spoke mr fenwick as they stood looking toward where the part of the island had vanished the shock expended itself on tearing that mass of rock and earth away let us hope so added mr hosbrook solemnly oh if we could only get away from this terrible place we must hoist a signal of distress even if we are out of the track of regular ships some ship blown out of her course may see it captain mentor i wish you and mr fordham would attend to that i will sir answered the commander of the ill-fated resolute the signal shall be hoisted at once come on mr fordham he added turning to the first mate "'And if you don't mind,' interrupted Tom, "'I wish you would first help me to get what remains of the airship "'up out of the reach of any more possible high waves. "'That one nearly covered it, and if there are other big rollers, "'the wreck may be washed out to sea.' "'I can't see that any great harm would result from that,' put in Mr. Jenks. "'There isn't anything about the wreck that we could use to make a boat or a raft from. "'Indeed, there was little left of the airship, save the mass of machinery. "'Well, it may come in handy before we leave here.' said tom and there was a quiet determined air about him that caused mr damon to look at him curiously the odd gentleman started to utter one of his numerous blessings and to ask tom a question but he thought better of it by this time the earthquake had ceased and the castaways were calmer tom started toward the airship wreck and began pulling off some broken boards to get at the electrical machinery i guess you had better give mr swift a hand captain mentor spoke the millionaire yacht owner i don't know what good the wreck can be but we owe considerable to mr swift and his friends and the least we can do is to aid them in anything they ask so captain if you don't mind you and the bait bear a hand in fact we'll all help and move the wreck so far up that there will be no danger even from tidal waves tom looked pleased at this order and soon he and all the men in the little party were busy taking out the electrical apparatus and moving it farther inland "'What are you going to do with it, Tom?' asked Mr. Damon in a low voice, as he assisted the young inventor to carry a small dynamo that was used for operating the incandescent lights. "'I hardly know myself. I have a half-formed plan in my mind. I may be able to carry it out, and I may not. I don't want to say anything until I look over the machinery and see if all the parts which I need are here. Please say nothing about it.' "'Bless my toothpick, of course, I'll not,' promised Mr. Damon.' When the removal of most of the machinery of the wrecked airship had been completed, Mrs. Nestor exclaimed, "'Well, since you are moving that out of harm's way, don't you think it would be a good idea to change our camp also? I'm sure I'll never sleep a wink thinking that part of the island may fall into the ocean at any moment in the night and create a wave that may wash us all out to sea. Can't we move the camp, Mr. Swift?' "'No reason why we can't,' answered the lad, smiling. "'I think it would be a good plan to take it farther back.' we are likely to be here some time and while we are about it we might build more complete shelters and have a few more comforts the others agreed with this idea so the little shacks that had been erected were taken down and moved to higher ground where a better outlook could be had of the surrounding ocean at the same time as safe a place as possible considering the frequent earthquakes was picked out a place where there were no overhanging rocks or cliffs three huts were built one for the two ladies one for the men and a third where the cooking could be done this last also held the food supplies and stores and tom noted with satisfaction that there was still sufficient to eat to last over a week mr fenwick had not stinted his kitchen stores this work done captain mentor and mate fordham went to the highest part of the island where they erected a signal made from pieces of canvas that had been in the lifeboat the boat itself was brought around to the new camp and at first it was hoped that it could be repaired and used but too large a hole had been stove in the bottom so it was broken up and the planks used in making the shacks this work occupied the better part of two days and during this time there were no more earthquakes the castaways began to hope that the island would not be quiet for a while mrs anderson and mrs nestor assumed charge of the housekeeping arrangements and also the cooking which relieved tom from those duties the two ladies even instituted wash day and when a number of garments were hung on lines to dry, the camp looked like some summer colony of pleasure-seekers out for a holiday. In the meantime, Tom had spent most of his time among the machinery which had been taken from the airship. He inspected it carefully, tested some of the apparatus, and made some calculations on a bit of paper. He seemed greatly pleased over something, and one afternoon, when he was removing some of the guy and stay wires from the collapsed frame of the whizzer, he was approached by Mr. Barco Jinks. "'Planning something new?' asked Mr. Jenks, with an attempt at jollity, which, however failed, the man had a curious air about him, as if he was carrying some secret that was too much for him. "'Well, nothing exactly new,' answered Tom. "'At best I'm merely going to try an experiment.' "'An experiment, eh?' resumed Mr. Jenks. "'And might I ask if it has something to do with rescuing us from this island?' "'I hope it will have,' answered Tom gravely good exclaimed mr jenks well now i have a proposition to make to you i suppose you are not very wealthy mr swift he gazed at tom quizzically i am not poor was the young inventor's proud answer but i would be glad to make more money legitimately i thought so most every one would look here he approached closer to tom and pulling his hand from his pocket held it extended in the palm were a number of irregularly shaped objects stones or crystals the lad took them to be "'yet they did not look like ordinary stones or crystals.' "'Do you know what these are?' asked Mr. Jinks. "'I might guess,' replied Tom. "'I'll save you the trouble. "'They are diamonds—diamonds diamonds of the very first water, but uncorked "'Now to the point. "'I have half a million dollars' worth of them. "'If you will get me safely off this island, "'I will agree to make you a quarter of a million dollars' worth of diamonds.' "'Make me a quarter of a million dollars' worth of diamonds?' asked tom struck by the use of the word make yes make answered mr jenks that is if i can discover the secret the secret of phantom mountain get me away from this island and i will share my knowledge with you i need help help to learn the secret and help to make the diamonds see there are some of the first ones made but i have been defrauded of my rights i need the aid of a young fellow like you will you help see i will give you some diamonds now they are genuine Though they are not like ordinary diamonds, I made them. Will you? Before Tom could answer, there came a warning rumble of the earth, and a great fissure opened almost at the feet of Mr. Jenks, who with a cry of fear leaped toward the young inventor. End of chapter 18. Recording by Kevin Davidson. www.blogordie.com